Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you this morning. Great to be worshiping here and, and celebrating our King. Man, we're in a series uh, called Summit Values. Summit Values. So we changed our church name just a handful of weeks ago, right, to Summit Point Church, a place to belong, pursue, and experience our living God. And as we go after this each and every week, what does it mean to experience our living God? We kind of walked through that in the past series with Summit Life. So what does it take to go after that? Like what things need to be true in my life if I'm longing to experience my God each and every day? That's what we're walking through here, Summit Values. May these be true in our life with all we've got. So we have adopted six core values that are a part of who we are. In fact, it's exactly what we've always been. It's just kind of lumping them together and calling them our core values, so we're making it clear there. Just a quick reminder from last week, the six values. Uh, the first one is in preaching, bold preaching. The second one is worship, worship authentically. The third one is in prayer, right? Pray dependently. The fourth one is in witnessing, witness courageously. If you notice, those four were the same pillars that we've always had around here, right? And then the next two, accountability, right? As we gather purposefully, and uh, always been about that here at this church. We have impact groups that we take very seriously, our men's groups, our women's groups, the gatherings that are all about God doing a work in us. And so we brought that in as a core value statement. And uh, we'll talk about that in a handful of weeks. And then planting strategically planting strategically. We are excited about doing church planting, about firing up churches that go after Christ just like we do here. May God get all the glory. And so those are our six core values. We're going to walk through those each week here, one of them, and uh, make sure that we understand where we're headed and what we're going after, all right? So last week was pray boldly or preach boldly. Man, if you missed that, make sure you get back and hear that. Preach boldly what it means to come into this place expecting God to bring a massive word. May he challenge me, may he move me, may he stir me, change me. I'm coming in expecting from my God and his word, right? And all of God's people said, preach boldly. That was last week. And this week now is worship authentically. Worship authentically. So turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 19. Starting in verse 28. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28. And uh, in fact, we're going to be talking here about the triumphal entry. We've talked about this a couple of times throughout this year. I just thought it'd be good to return to it again now. Now we get a little bit of context and we can lay it in with all the other times where we've re uh, referenced it and talked about it. May we understand what it is to worship authentically through this story here. Point number one authentic worship obeys Jesus fully. Like if I'm going after a, a worship that is authentic, this is what I need to have. Uh, I obey Jesus fully, all right? So here we go, let's start reading. And when he, Jesus, had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples Let's just hold right there. It says, and when he had said these things, and, uh, what things, right? Make sure you always know the context of where you're jumping in and what you're reading. And so what things was he talking about? Well, he was talking about the kingdom that is coming. 
He was talking about this kingdom that would come and the ways that it would be glorious. And then he began to talk about how they should be prepared and what it would look like to be prepared in the absence of the king not being there. How could they prepare and go after it? He was beginning to set them up for a kingdom that was coming and them understanding king removed, they still have a task at hand. May the kingdom be lifted up because the king is over it all, right? And so as he got done talking about kingdom talk, he talked then about what it is to remain faithful. As he got done talking about faithfulness and the kingdom, he began to move on ahead. It says he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. The reason it says going up is because Jerusalem is on a hill. And so you actually have to climb up a hill to get up to the city there. And uh, so he says very specifically going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples. When he drew near, he actually came to the Mount of Olives. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in the second point. But he came to Bethany and Bethphage. You have to sort of picture it. There's like Jerusalem is sitting here. The Mount of Olives is sitting right next to it, right? We talked about it. When we say the word mount, don't picture like the Rocky Mountains, right? Picture like a really big hill, right? Picture that. And so there's Jerusalem, and then there's like a really big hill right next to it, the Mount of Olives. And on the backside of that is Bethany and Bethphage. So you'd have to go up over the hill and down, and then you're at Jerusalem, okay? So it's just a little bit away. He's over the hill from Jerusalem as he gets to Bethany and Bethphage at the mount that is called Olivet. And remember, this is a huge deal. The Mount of Olives has a ton going on with it in Jesus' life. Like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about this in the second point, but this is the place where Jesus often brought his ministry back to in various ways, shapes, and forms. There's a ton going on with the Mount of Olives, and right now from the Mount of Olives, he has a command for the disciples. He says, go, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. Don't you love that Jesus is like super specific? He's like, all right, here's the plan. And then he goes line by line, item by item, what he wants him to accomplish. He's not like, hey guys, I don't know. I, I need a colt. Just go, go find something. Just go look around, see what happens. Give it a shot. I have no idea where you should go. Everybody say, not that. God has a plan. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so Jesus says, do me a favor, go into the city and you're going to grab a colt there. You're going to see it tied up right on the edge of the town. And as you go in, untie it. And then Jesus is like, be prepared. You need to have one phrase to say, the Lord has need of it. Everybody just say that phrase with me. The Lord has need of it. That's all you need to know. Just make sure you go into the town, look for a colt that's tied up, and get ready to bring him back. Now, you might be thinking, uh, how would I respond if Jesus was like, go get a colt and just tell the dude, hey, the Lord has need of it if he asks, you know? You might be like, I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know. Jesus is losing his mind. Why is he asking me to do these things? I'm just telling you, that's not what they were thinking. They were absolutely thinking, are you serious? I get to be the guy? Why were they thinking that? 
Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Listen to what it says. Zechariah 9, 9. This is an Old Testament prophecy statement. It's about 400 years ahead of this in time that it was written. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. He's like, heads up, Jerusalem. Heads up, Israel. Behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, Your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Are you hearing it? Zechariah 9.9 is saying, heads up, the king, Messiah, will be riding into Jerusalem on a colt. Now, the symbol of riding in on a colt means coming in for peace, for sure. That part's true, and they grasp that. But more than that, it's a big deal statement. Because usually when you ride in to take over, you don't ride in on a colt. A little less impressive. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking to take over, you're coming in with a different form and approach. And notice what he actually says. He comes having salvation. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a foal, on a colt. He's coming in bringing salvation humbly. Man, this is exactly what's going on at the triumphal entry. This right now is about five days before he's going to go to the cross to die for you and me and be buried. This is just a handful of days before. And so we're in the first month, the 10th day. And so if you were with us in the celebration of the feasts from a year ago when we talked about the pointing to the Messiah, he's in the first month, the 10th day. In fact, Passover's in the first month, the 14th day. And, and so on the 10th day, the command was, go and choose a lamb that'll be used as the Passover lamb on the 14th. This is the 10th day, and Christ is getting ready to be celebrated as the Passover lamb. He's getting ready to be coming into Jerusalem, fulfilling Zechariah 9.9, as the Messiah is riding in on a colt. Everybody say, this is a huge deal. Man, this is a huge deal. And because of it, his disciples are fully aware of it. And as he hand selects two of them, and he's like, all right, guys, we're going into the city. Time for you to get a colt. Are you serious? This is it? Like it's fulfillment time? We get to go get the colt? We're on it. Now, how fast do you think they walked into the town? Can you imagine? They're just sent to fulfill a prophecy that's hundreds of years old about the Messiah coming in. They're like, ah, let's just take our time. No way, right? These guys are hustling it with all they got. They're getting down there. They're like, colt. They walk over. They're untying it. The guy's like, hey, what are you doing with my colt? And they said, you kind of missed the uptake. The Lord has need of it, right? And, and like, they didn't miss it. They're like, we got it. We know what to say. The Lord has need of it. And they took the cult and they went with him and they took it right back to Jesus. They're super fired up about the fulfillment of the Messiah coming in humbly, bringing salvation. Zechariah 9.9 told him exactly what was going on. This is a massive prophecy fulfillment in this moment coming down the Mount of Olives. I love it. And uh, it says, so those 
who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. Those who were sent went away and found it just as, they, as he had told them. They were in full obedience. Men, please hear me. When Christ gives us very specific word, maybe it's in his word, as we're reading, as we're going through details, and we're finding out what's going on for what he's calling us to do, may we fully obey. May we go where he calls us to go. May we do what he calls us to do. May we have a heart as he calls us to have. May we worship him as we fully obey. And all of God's people said, And as he sent the two disciples off, he didn't get a rebellious two disciples that were like, I'm not going there. Why do I have to do all the extra work? Like, everybody say, not that. No, they went with all they had. They were super fired up to do it. In fact, John 15, verses 10 and 11 says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Jesus talking there, and he's saying, look at, man, I'm telling you, really, loving me is obedience to me. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I love Jesus Christ. But I know I've got sin in my life and I know it's got to go. And I mean, it's got to go now. Lord, may I set this down. And if you love your Savior with all you got, then it's time to do what he's calling you to do. And all of God's people said, that is a huge statement. Our worship calls for our obedience. Lord, I'm willing to step in with all I've got and go after this. Maybe there's something going on between you and your spouse and it needs to be resolved. After the service, it's time to get her done. Maybe there's something going on between you and your kids and it's time to get it addressed. Maybe there's something going on with a coworker or a friend and it's time to sit down. There is no more leaving it on the table. Lord, I'm ready to obey you. And all of God's people said, don't miss it. Worshiping authentically is full obedience. These guys went after it with all they had. It said, as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. Exact, specific obedience, following through just as Christ said. May God get all the glory. So imagine there was a company owner. He owns his company. He's talking to his employees. Not a very big company, but he's excited about what's going on, and he's got some overseas uh, opportunities. And so he's like, okay, here's the deal. I need you to do a few things while I'm gone in my absence, and I'm going to be gone quite a bit. So I'm going to need you to do some things. So we write some details down in a document is very clearly like, here's the vision. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Like, here's what we're going after. Here's the details of how to go after it. When this happens, do this. Make sure you accomplish these things on a daily and weekly basis. These are the things I want you to do in detail. And, and the documents were very specific about circumstances and situations and all of it. And he leaves it for them. He goes away for this international trip. It ends up going on for a little while, like a year or more he's gone. When he comes back, the company is a total train wreck. And he's like, what happened? And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, well, did you get the documents? 
Yeah, yeah, now we had the documents. Did you read them? Oh yeah, no, we read them every day. In fact, we had a daily reading time of the documents. We would walk through the document. We're like, look at how well this is crafted. Look at how clear this is. We even taught others how to begin to read it appropriately and keep the whole vision in mind. And we went through these documents like unbelievably. Did you do them? Well, not, not really. No. And how often is that? us with our Lord and with his word. Jesus Christ has stepped out in bodily form. God's still moving fully in this universe and there is this massive presence of God in that regard. But as the king has stepped away bodily, please hear me. He has given us clear guideline of the vision, of the purpose of the day-to-day and the step-by-step of what he's calling us to. And no, it's not good enough that we have some awesome Bible studies where we look into the details and we see all the nuancing and the fantastic way it's written and the amazing connecting between them. And then we go away and don't do anything about it. Everybody say, not good enough. Lord, may I put my life into your hands. I'm hearing you speak. May we respond to our God and his word by not just being hearers, but being doers also. Lord God, I am ready to obey with all I've got. And may we see the document called the word of God as his guidance, as his love, as his care, and as his provision. And as we pour into the word and we recognize God's presence with us, We go after full obedience. And all of God's people said, that said, how are you doing at reading what God has put down for you? How are you doing at getting into the word of God regularly? Maybe there needs to be work there and you're like, I'm going after that. I'm ready to make that more uh, a regularity with him. I want to hear from him. Maybe you are in the word regularly, but the obedience is a little thin. How are you doing at obeying? Lord God, I'm ready to listen to you. What do you have to say? The first question we ask is not, how do I feel about this? The first question we ask is, God, what is it that you want accomplished and how does this glorify you? May we go after him and obeying him with all we've got. Worship authentically. It starts with obedience. Second, authentic worship rejoices and praises Jesus loudly. Authentic worship rejoices and praises Jesus loudly. It says, and they brought it to Jesus, the colt, and throwing their cloaks on their colt, they set Jesus on it. They're like, I'm telling you, we want the, the cloaks on here so that you, who are so much more worthy than this colt, is being honored And treated with respect, they throw their cloaks on the colt, and now he's sitting on that. It's a form of respect and a form of honor for him. You are the one who's going to be king, Messiah, and excited to be able to make this about you. And so they throw their cloaks on, and then they set Jesus up on the colt. And as he rode along, 
They spread their cloaks on the road. All of those who were excited about Christ, who were following Christ, they began to spread their cloaks out in front like, this ground is not worthy for you to touch. You are so amazing. And so the mud or the dust or whatever, like we're going to keep that from you. You are so amazing. As they laid it down in front like a king coming into his kingdom, the cloaks are laid out on the road. It says, as he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives. And uh, let's just make sure we grasp this really, really well. And so I'm just going to go back to a throwback pick that we used two weeks ago. Let's throw this pick up again. And let's just make sure we put it all together. All right. So this is my daughter and myself. So this is Alyssa there. John is the one taking the picture. We're in Israel. We're sitting on the wall on the south side of Jerusalem, in fact, that is the wall that's just in front of Lissa on her left there, is the south wall of Jerusalem. We're looking across to the Mount of Olives there. That is the Mount of Olives. And uh, everybody say it's a hill, <laughs> right? Just make sure you get that. The Kidron Valley is right into the bottom there, right? You hear these words like Kidron Valley, you're thinking Grand Canyon. And you need to think small dip, right? <laughs> and uh, just make sure you get that. But, but it's just down into the bottom and up the other side. You see where the green is on the other side, kind of all the way up to the top, and you see where it's kind of brownish on the other side, right? That's more or less, I'm just going to say an approximation to probably where Jesus was riding down on the colt. Because as you come down there, you're coming right at the eastern gate entrance into the city, okay? He's probably coming down right about there. And so as you look at the Mount of Olives, this is where Jesus began to ride down the, the uh, western side of the hill on a colt, fulfilling Zechariah 9, bringing salvation. Righteous is he as he's coming down and they are celebrating him with all they've got. And Zechariah 9 is being fulfilled. Our king coming down the Mount of Olives for you and for me. And all of God's people said, man, don't miss it. That was his first trip down the Mount of Olives. And a couple weeks back, we looked at his second trip. On his second coming, he will come down that same way, that same place. And as his foot touches down, it will put a massive rift into the Mount of Olives. There will be a thunderous earthquake. He will take over in this world and he will be coming down on a white horse, a statement of massive victory for eternity. Same mountain, amen, man. Same mountain, same king. Same Messiah, two trips. And this first trip is on a colt as he's coming down humbly, sacrificially, purposefully for you and for me. And all of God's people said, man, may we worship the king. I'm telling you, the Mount of Olives has a ton going on with it and a lot that God is doing there with it along the journey. It says that he's coming down the Mount of Olives. He's uh, some portion of the way down. It says the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. They began to praise him with what kind of voice? A loud voice. They brought it. It wasn't like, hey, way to go. That's so awesome. You know, I saw him do something one time. Not that. 
It's like bringing it with the most volume they could bring. And what were they celebrating him for? For the mighty works that they had seen him do. For the mighty works. For the moments where they saw him speak and people's minds and hearts were opened up. Where he opened the word and he began to reveal and all of a sudden they were like, I never saw it that way before. That's amazing. For when somebody would touch him and then being physically sick for years is gone in an instant, healed. When he would look at someone and say, demon be removed, and he would be gone. When he would touch them and they'd been paralyzed, but they stand up. They'd been blind and now they see. For Jesus doing miraculous works, he even said, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man walks out. Man, they are celebrating Jesus Christ because of what they saw him do. And all of God's people said, man, he doesn't stop doing miraculous work and he's doing work in our lives today. Simple question. So what has Jesus been doing in your life? And what works have been going on in your life? Maybe there's been some healing that's taken place. Maybe there's been some peace in the middle of a storm that is inexplainable. Maybe there is just salvation outright that you want to celebrate. Maybe he's bringing a restoration between you and others that you knew could never be restored, but God's doing a work. What has he been doing? Do me a favor, just right where you are, think hard. Two things that Jesus has rocked your world with. I'm going to be silent. sure you're getting it. Two things. Okay. Everybody got their two? All right. We got a job to do. So you can't read about Jesus getting celebrated with massive volume and not bring some of your own, right? And so our job in this room is going to be to celebrate Jesus Christ with massive applause and massive cheering. And as we bring the applause and the cheering, just imagine this. This is as Christ was coming down the Mount of Olives and he's the Messiah right in front of them, Zechariah 9 being fulfilled. Jesus right here with us in this room. Imagine Christ has entered visibly, physically here and you have your chance to say, thank you. I celebrate you. Right here and right now, you're bringing it with all you've got. And so as we lift it up with massive cheering, massive applause, please hear me. Also be crying out the two things you just came up with. Because of this, and cry it out. Because of this, I celebrate and keep applauding and cheering. May Christ get all the glory. Are we ready? Not even close. Are we ready? Yes. All right. We're going to bring it to our God. May Jesus get all the glory. Bring it with all you've got. Amen, man. Because of your salvation, Lord. Cry it out. Why? Bring it to him. Because of who you are, Lord. We praise your name. You raised. You give life. Amen. Amen. Lord, look at all the glory.
Amen. Amen. I love you guys, and I love worshiping with you guys. You may be seated. We don't toy around. We take Jesus Christ seriously, and all of God's people said, may he get all the glory. That's what was going on on the way down the Mount of Olives. And as the volume picked up, more volume picked up. And as that volume picked up, more volume picked up. And more cloaks went down and more people gathered. And what's going on in it just kept going. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, huge. And uh, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This was their crying out. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're like, this is Zechariah 9.9 being fulfilled. Blessed is the Messiah. Peace. They were super celebratory. Now, the reality is they were thinking a little off. They were thinking king coming, uh, millennial kingdom right now, Jesus reigning forever for a thousand years and then some, and he's just reigning for eternity on. They thought all at one coming, and they were missing it. They were missing the grandeur on the whole. And while there were people responding on the Mount of Olives, there were people in Jerusalem who were completely clueless to what was happening. And we'll see that come up in just a little bit. It says, and some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Can you imagine the Pharisees walking along, kind of scowled up as they're walking along this cult? And the cheering starts like it did in this room. And the celebrating erupting. And they're like, teacher, tell them to knock it off. Bring it down. They're treating you like you're the Messiah. Wake up. Rebuke your disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you this. If these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Amen, man. And you got to hear it because the cheering was as loud as it was in this room. And so they're like, teacher, rebuke them. And Jesus is like, I'm telling you this. If they didn't bring it, then the stones would cry out as a thunderous statement is made by the creator of the universe. And he's saying this. The creator God, the Messiah righteous, is being ushered into Jerusalem as the sacrificial lamb. And the creation will cry out. And all of God's people said, and while the Pharisees completely missed it, Jesus and some of his disciples were getting it. And he was being glorified with all he had. Man, worship, it is loud, it is true, and it is fully obedient. I'm just telling you this, this is going to feel like a weird transition right now. So I like watching the bears. <laughs> There's really not been many years where that transition would ever work at all in any really. I love watching the bears, and uh, uh, the reality is... Um, it's not pretty. It's just not pretty. 
But, uh, but I love watching them and faithful fan and I don't switch uh, who I'm cheering for. I cheer for them. And uh, so it usually goes where you just sit and you watch and you've got it on the screen and you're talking to family while we're chatting at the house. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, they put something together. And they get like a couple of plays or a couple of, maybe a couple of runs of plays. And, and all of a sudden, they score a touchdown or two. And all, you're standing up and you're like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. What in the world? We have lost so many games. But man, they score for you. Yes, come on, man. Put it together. Let's go. And then an interception or something. And then you sit back down and you're like, let's just keep talking. <laughs> Whatever. Right? And uh, here's the reality. Man, when we watch sporting events, when we watch things go down uh, around us, when we're cheering for our kids as they're doing some sporting event, whatever it is, we bring volume. Here's my request. And uh, make sure that you are never louder for anything than Jesus Christ himself. Amen? That's a huge statement. That's a big challenge. And... Uh, Somebody in our body here who's got that battle cry and uh, love him. And uh, he's not joking around and he brings it real. Man, start making that your practice. I'm telling you, you're going to find yourself either bringing other things subdued because you're like, well, I don't want to get louder than that. I feel weird, right? Or, or you start to bring the Jesus thing up hot and that's the way to go. Get hot and loud for Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. Don't hold back. We know the one who is king. Don't hold back. We know the one who is righteous and he rode in humbly for you and for me. Salvation is his. And he died and he was buried and he rose that we might have life. And all of God's people said, may God get all the glory. Don't hold back. All right? Number three, authentic worship hangs on every word of Jesus. Authentic worship hangs on every word of Jesus. It says, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus crying over Jerusalem as he's now halfway down. You saw the pic of where we were looking out. He's halfway down that coming across. He's seeing the city of Jerusalem and he says, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. Like, it is so sad that you don't understand the Messiah walking in is the answer to peace. You're missing who I am. And all of Israel that could be responding to the Messiah Savior is not responding. It says, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. In fact, those days were coming just 37 years later, 70 AD. And Jesus knowing what's going on. And he's like, this could have all gone differently if there wasn't sin that was ravaging the hearts of so many and they weren't willing to follow. And God the Father's got a plan. Everybody say, God's got a plan. And Jesus is like, I understand there's a plan, but it is so sad you couldn't just get it. And so the call out, well, in 70 AD, there's going to be tragedy that occurs. It says, 
and it will tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you. All the stones of the city and the temple torn down in 70 AD in this mass destruction that would take place as another judgment season would go on for Israel. And there's going to be a second coming of Christ and there's going to be a restoring of those who will come to trust in him. But right here and right now, Jesus weeping that they wouldn't and couldn't get and respond to who he was. It says, because you did not know the time of your visitation. He is beginning to weep because Zechariah 9.9 is right in front of them and they didn't get it. Because the Messiah who brings salvation, their hope is right there and they're not looking to him. Man, may our worship not walk past Jesus at work in our lives. May we grasp him at work in every way. You know, John chapter 4 says that we might worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit, all of me, and in truth, in alignment with all of him. All of me, every facet of everything that's going on in my life. Man, we worship by how we think. We worship by how we laugh. Who we laugh with, how we laugh, what we laugh about. We worship by how we give. We worship by how hard we work. Did you know that? Your work ethic is part of your worship. I will work for you, Lord. No matter what's going on, you get the glory in my work. And that's a huge deal. Please hear me. There's a lot being taught in this day and age that says work little, expect much. Man, that entitlement plan is low worship. Please hear me on that. Younger crew, hear me on that. Low work, high expectation is not worship. Man, may God get the glory. This is a huge deal. May we give him our everything. And may we not miss out when he is right in front of us. He continues on. It says, and he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Man, get this. On the first month, 10th day, the lamb is chosen. On the first month, 14th day, the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ, as he came down that mount on the 10th day, was literally being the chosen lamb that was going to go and become the lamb of God sacrificed four days later, the lamb of God for you and for me. And the thing that they would do after the Passover lamb was chosen is clear the house of all leaven. That was one of the things you did in the celebration for the Passover feast is choose the lamb and then clear the house of all leaven. Leaven being a symbol of sin, so Christ walks into the house of his father and he clears the leaven. He's walking through the Passover feast celebration physically and actually, and he begins to remove the sin. They were literally selling things for profit and trying to benefit off of religion. May their pocketbook get all the glory. And he took a stand. He says, 
And he was teaching daily in the temple. Have you ever wondered what Jesus did between Palm Sunday and going to the cross? He was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men and the people were seeking to destroy him. They were sitting there listening with their arms crossed. And they were longing to find a mistake. You know what I'm talking about? When there is deep bitterness and resentment, you do not listen to try to get along. You listen to try to tear down. There's a major difference. Man, are you listening to tear down in any area of your life? Are you listening to Jesus Christ and what he stands for trying to tear down? Please set it down and set it down today. It says these key leaders were all looking to destroy him. That's why they were listening. But they did not find anything they could do. For all the people were hanging on his words. I love that close to this whole passage. They were leaning in. For those of you who are a little more seasoned in life, it was like an E.F. Hutton moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, right? And there's this old school commercial from the 70s or whatever it was, and people are leaning in and they're listening. Jesus is beginning to talk in the temple, and as Jesus stands up and opens the scroll, he said, today let's turn to, and everybody goes, what's he got to say? And as he starts to talk it through, they're like, that's amazing. I never heard it said like that before. Look at what he's calling us to. Look at what, I need to work on that. Lord, I'm being attentive to all you have to say, hanging on his every word. Lord God, may we open your word and hang on every word. And all of God's people said, worship, listening to him in full, hanging on his every word with expectation, loudly celebrating all that he is doing in all of your life, and obeying with all you've got. May God get all the glory. Worship authentically. Here's my request. May your worship of Jesus Christ be the most fired up it has ever, ever been. No toying around. What's in the way? Then set it down. Lord God, I am ready to be stunned and rocked by you. There is something glorious and fantastic about you and nothing else compares. Please reveal that to me. I am ready to be blown away by you. May our worship bring him all the glory and praise. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 